You're listening to Shift, human-first financial guidance with Ross Marino. Today, we are shifting the conversation with Dr. Mary Carlson and Dr. Christy Archuleta. Hello, ladies. Hi, Rob. Good to be with you. Always good to have you back on the show. I enjoy interviewing both of you. I certainly enjoy hearing you speak as we were able uh, to do at Shift earlier in this year. And uh, once again, we get to have you back next year. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Before we dive in, how about some quick intros, if we could start with you, Mary? Yeah, no problem. I am Dr. Maribel Carlson, and I hail from Financial Behavior Keynote Group. We're a speaking, consulting, and teaching firm. I also teach with Christy at the University of Georgia. Great. Christy? And I'm Christy Archuleta. I am a professor in financial planning at the University of Georgia, where I lead the behavioral financial planning and financial therapy tracks and new online graduate certificate that will start in January of 2024. So we're really excited about that. I'm also co-founder of uh, Financial Behavior Keynote Group with Mary. Among like the Financial Therapy Association and the Journal of Financial (laughs) Therapy, I don't know what all you want to know. There you go. Yeah, I, actually, if I when I look at your list, I think if I just went down the resume, it would take 10 minutes. So I'll, I'll <laughs> totally. you pull out the highlights on it. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, you're co-presenting at Shift this year, and you've got a topic that it's been talked about, I think, more and more recently, but really understanding the implications, what we do about it. I'm, I'm not sure how effective those types of presentations have been. So looking over what you want to talk about, I got excited and I thought, you know, this is this is practical because for Shift 2024, our, our theme is really what do we do and how do we do it? We really want to get in the weeds so practitioners understand. Now, the topic we're going to talk about is this generational wealth transfer. That's where I always see it. That's what I hear. But you're going to go a little deeper. It's not just a generational wealth transfer. It's also a gender transfer. You you identified, Mary, the assets that are going from not just generation to generation, but also men to women, which I hadn't seen that broken out as much. So could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Let me kind of lay a framework. Uh, In 2020, McKinsey and Company, which is a well-known consulting firm, uh, has some research that came out that said there is a huge transfer of assets from men to women. And this is happening specifically in the baby boomer generation. That's not news that the baby boomers hold a majority of the assets that are being managed now. But this transfer is not a small transfer. It is 10 trillion dollars that are shifting hands from men to women. And here's why. Let me break that down a little bit. We know statistically that women live longer than men. So what's happening in this baby boomer generation is typically in the past, men have managed, and I'm speaking very much on a whole uh, level here, not granularly, but on a whole level, this transfer is taking place because men are dying and those assets are being passed to the spouse. And so women are beginning to manage money, keep in in a different way. They've always been managers of money, but maybe in a different bucket. Now we're seeing them really as the primary financial planning client at the end of the day, or sometimes they were the tertiary client. They were secondary, or maybe we, we spoke primarily with a man and would just catch up with a woman. So 
What does this mean, though, for financial planners? Because $30 trillion is a huge number. That even gets the, the eyes of major asset managers and major firms, right? Because we're seeing that huge asset shift. And from that to go, from that, from men to women, what does that really mean? Well, there's a lot of implications that come from this. One, women manage money very differently than men. And let me give you one example. Men typically in the past, they want to know what their net worth is. They want to see that increase. They want to know what, what their investments are at and, and what their return on investment has been. Women, as statistically showing, and this is a part of that McKinsey study, is statistically care about how that money relates to their future plans. What does that look like in a familiar? So for a man, they might want to know at the meeting, here's what you did last quarter. For women, they don't just care what they did. That's going to go right past them. What's one of the things they really want to know is what does that mean for me to get that second retirement home that's closer to my grandkids where we can go down and see them more often? They're very tangible goals that women are working towards versus what men are working towards. And there's a whole list of ways that women, they tend to be lower risk tolerant than men. They tend to have less financial confidence, not knowledge, but confidence per se, which does have an implication for how we come across and how we talk with women. The most important statistic, though, I think of this research is the fact that if we as an as a industry don't start listening to women and really hearing their needs and their wants in this area, we are at high risk of losing assets. And that means you as a financial planner could potentially lose your female clients as this transition takes place. In fact, in the research, McKinsey shows that to be 70% of all women that are going to be managing assets after their spouse dies, within one year, 70% of will fire their financial advisor. That's huge. And so it's really important for financial advisors, both male and female, to come into this and say, I really need to understand the other spouse. I need to understand their point of view, where they're coming from, what they want, because they may be the legacy spouse. They're more likely going to be the legacy spouse that you will be working with day in and day out. So this is what the, the impetus of behind this research is. Yes, it's, it's generational, right? It's baby boomers passing down wealth. But secondarily, it's also gender-based. And we're seeing a huge transfer from financial financial knowledge, financial assets being transferred from men to women. Well, it's certainly a major issue if you're going to lose 70% of your clients. I mean, that that's a mind-blowing number to me. It, it's not just you know statistically significant, it's catastrophic. It is. That's what I think when I listen to this, especially from my end, I've worked with married couples for decades. So I've got clients that have been with me almost 30 years, close to 30 years. The thought of the spouse leaving me because of whatever reason after serving them for so long, that's I'm gonna get choked up. Like, where, where are they going? I've been taking care of these people forever. So that's gonna be a shock to a lot of people. Well, and Ross, to add to that, that's one of the things that McKinsey also says in this research is it's really important that women especially feel connected and understood by their financial advisor. 
more so than men. Men are sometimes a do-it-yourself type or I want to know different things. What women really want to know is they want that relationship. They want that connection and they want that trust both from the financial advisor as well as to the financial advisor to really believe and know that that advisor is working in their best interest. And when I say there, I'm meaning her best interest, uh, not just as a couple, but they really understand her views and where she's coming from. Well, if 70% are actually leaving, then it's apparent that the advisor isn't connected, that hasn't listened to the extent where it provides value. So there has to be a shift in how we approach this next generation or this next client, which is going to be a single woman instead of a married husband and wife. So Christy, I know you're you're great on the here's what you do, here's how you do it. We get into the nitty gritty. So what do we do here as advisors? Yeah, so I think, first of all, Mary hit it right on the head, is that women tend to be much more relationship-based. And so that relationship that they have with their advisor is super, super important. And so a lot of times, you know, advising meetings, Ross, you're probably meeting with both of the, the partners together. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not doing that and or they're just, you know, whoever is talking the most in in their meeting, that's who they're listening to and not really spending time with a female. Mary said something else that's very, very key to this, and that is the confidence women have in their ability to uh, financial knowledge. And so they might know plenty and they might even know more than their male counterparts but they might not feel as confident in their knowledge or even in their own ability to to carry out the things they know that they need to be doing. And so in order to feel comfortable in doing and and talking about some of those things that, that might be plaguing them or they're worried about or they're concerned about or their hopes and their dreams, they need to be feel like they're in a very safe and comfortable environment that they can share those things and not feel dumb or stupid for having that for having these these questions that really probably aren't dumb questions they're probably questions that that men have too they just don't feel comfortable or confident in asking those questions going back earlier in my career i helped found a, a group called women managing the farm and we specifically formed this group that actually ended up looking different than what we intended. It was really for absentee landowners to start with, (laughs) but it transformed into something completely different that was really for all women um, in all capacities working in agriculture, from person who is just a helper on the farm to absentee landowner to that agricultural professional. And what was so powerful about that was that it was a safe place for women to go and talk to other women. And it was a safe place for women to ask questions that they did not feel comfortable in talking about. They would be invited to go to, you know, community meetings or whatever um, to talk about different farm operation, farm business types of topics. But they didn't feel comfortable there because it was typically a room filled with men, and they just didn't feel comfortable or confident in asking their questions, which probably was a question for many of the men in there as well. But we have to create safe spaces, and we create safe spaces by creating relationships. And so spending time when we're working with a couple, for example, 
spending time not only hearing from one partner, but hearing from both and giving a balanced time for both people in the relationship is super important. And sometimes that means that we have to help as advisors, we have to help that person who's not speaking up as much or who's not maybe asking those questions that we're not hearing their voice as much to support them and asking things like, tell me about what it is that you were thinking about right now. Tell me more about your hopes and dreams. What do you mean by this is your goal is to go live with near your children? What, what does that mean in retirement? Um, what happens when your, your partner passes away? What and you know you're you're thinking about this. You might hear a, an angle from one partner, but you might not hear the angle from the other partner. And so, giving time and space for that is super important. And this actually might be the only time couples are really having these conversations or with advisors. And so, if you've created a safe space for both partners to feel comfortable and talking you're going to hear all sorts of things that they're not talking about at home that actually might cause conflict at home because they might actually have very differing views that's preventing them from having these discussions at home. They might have different ideas about um, estate plans. They might have different ideas of what to do in retirement. They might have different ideas about how children's college educations are going to be funded. And so being a place where you can help facilitate those conversations is going to create a space when that wealth gets transferred to the female, to the woman in the relationship, to be able to stay connected to you because you've heard her, you understand her, you're you're able to, ha you have this really strong relationship with each other. It, it's so powerful to to understand as an advisor that people need to have the confidence because I can tell you that was something that I was slow to catch on to. Uh, financial planning is a lot of you need to do this and you haven't been doing that and you did do this and wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> we don't think that's how we're coming across. But when you're doing this analysis, that's what often ends up because we're just showing all the opportunities to improve. But you can't just say, here's everything you need to improve. I'm a parent. You guys are parents. If we just told their kids, basically, nothing you do is ever good enough, it does not end well. And sometimes I think as advisors, we unintentionally transfer that to people. And that's probably pretty destructive, right, Mary? Absolutely. And I would say, too, there are so many ways that we can help really uh, focus on the female in this relationship. And one of them is environmental. Just how you have your office set up can really help add or detract away from how comfortable in a safe space like Chrissy was talking about. A lot of uh, at the at the shift, what we'll do is really break it down to some very tangible takeaways that you can make implications today. And I would say on these don't try to do it all at once. It's not a checklist that you go through. It's actually integrating one small step, one piece at a time and getting really good at that. Because the more you improve, and quite honestly, the more the female sees you wanting and trying to understand their point of view, means that you're taking steps closer to work on that relationship. And like Chrissy said, that relationship is foundational. So we'll give you very tactical takeaways of how you can improve that relationship in very tangible ways. 
and bite-sized pieces that you don't have to feel overwhelmed and nervous. Those are a lot of big numbers I threw out at the beginning, and it could be fear-driven. And instead of being fear-driven, I want this to be a wake-up call for advisors and quite honestly, the industry as a whole, because as we start to wake up and notice the female in the relationship more and begin to understand them, it's going to, it's like rising tides, rise all boats. It's going to help you across the board with all of your clients as you start to implement these small takeaways that we're going to give. Yeah. And the end goal is really empowering our clients, regardless of if it's a man, if it's a woman, if it's a couple, if it's an individual, it's a multiple generations of a family. Um, the goal is really to help empower our clients to reach their goals. We as advisors have a place in that, but they also have a place in that in that progress towards their goals. And so that relationship piece is foundational to everything that we do as professionals working with clients. How hard is it, Christy, to feel empowered if you don't feel confident that what you're doing is actually making progress towards your goals? Pretty impossible. <laughs> so they <laughs> kind of go together. Um, so it, when we're going to feel confident about ourselves, it gives us it empowers us to do that next small step, whether we're a professional, whether we're a client, just being a human being, it, it helps us make that next small step. And when we see ourselves make that next small step, we have a little bit more confidence in ourselves. We have a little bit more commitment. We have a little bit more motivation to do the next step that might even be a little bit bigger and a little bit more challenging. But all of these things wrapped up together is empowering us to to move towards that end point. Well, I love it. I love the topic. Uh, I can't say this is going to be one of my favorite presentations because I can't play favorites. <laughs> but I'm not know that it's that. going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's near and dear to my heart for many different reasons. I am that advisor who lost people, did not understand the dynamic. I've been doing it long enough to have a long list of learning moments as a financial advisor. And, and I understand how important it is to connect and, and how you have to, and this is the comment I love to marry, how you just have to add one piece at a time, one question, one process. My big shift I remember years ago was open the meeting with a compliment. Mm. I, I don't care where you have to dig, but let these people know they're doing well, they've done well. Because frankly, if you are on a Zoom call with me for financial planning, you've done pretty well because yeah, you yeah. actually have issues that need to be addressed and you need help. So I, I had to make it. showed up. Issue. Yes. Yeah. You're here and you actually have money that you need to do something with. Not everybody can say that. So just making that shift was helpful for me. I know you're going to be practical. You're going to give even more tips on how to do that. Really looking forward to it. Mary, Christy, we'll see you in March in Orlando at Shift. Thanks, Sounds Ross. awesome. We can't wait, Ross. Thank you for listening to Shift with Ross Marino. Please visit humanfirst.live to learn more. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.